Shalom, Alchem, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. The website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. This morning we are looking at this week's Torah portion, which happens to be entitled Devarim. And as you can tell by the title, it begins the book of Deuteronomy. Let me read you the portion summary real quick before we get started. From TorahPortions.org, here's what it says. Devarim is both the title for the last book from the scroll of the Torah and the title of the first Torah portion therein. Devarim means words. The English-speaking world calls this book Deuteronomy. The Hebrew title for this book comes from the opening phrase of the book. These are the words Devarim, which Moses spoke to all Israel across the Jordan in the wilderness. Deuteronomy 1.1 The ancient name for the book of Deuteronomy is Mishnah HaTorah, which means repetition of the Torah. This is similar to the Greek Septuagint name Deuteronomos, which means second law. The English name Deuteronomy is derived from Deuteronomus. The book of Deuteronomy is dominated by Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel as he urges them to remain faithful to the covenant and prepares them for entering Canaan. During the course of this book, Moses reviews the story of the giving of the Torah at Sinai and the trip to the Promised Land, reiterates several laws of the Torah, and introduces new laws. The book seems to follow the general pattern of an ancient Near Eastern Covenant treaty document. As we study the first week's reading from the book of Exodus, the children of Israel are, are the... Actually, what I'm reading, they have a typo here. Uh, it should say Deuteronomy. As we read the first week's reading from the book of Deuteronomy, the children of Israel are assembled on the plains of Moab across the Jordan from Jericho. So... This week's portion includes Deuteronomy chapter 1 through 3, verse 22. And uh, it's a very important book. Um, if you're wondering, is it relevant to us today? Well, it's the only books quoted more by the New Testament is Psalms and the prophet Isaiah. Then it's Deuteronomy. And Jesus often quotes Deuteronomy. As a matter of fact, we just read from the gospel portion where he's being tempted in the wilderness all three times. He rebukes Satan by quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. So it's very relevant. Very relevant. It's interesting here because Moses seems to be speaking on his own, obviously inspired by God, but it's not like in this instance he seems to just be speaking to the Israelites as opposed to in the past God would speak to him and then he would say this is what Jehovah says. Uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting portion that we're going to be studying this morning. With that opening, please open up your hearts and allow the Word of God to speak to you this morning. Let's begin the book of Deuteronomy, portion Devarim. Verse 1. These are the words which Moshe spoke to all of Yisrael beyond the Yarden, in the wilderness, in the desert plain, opposite Suf, between Paran, Tophet, Laban, and Hastaroth. 
and Dizahab, eleven days from Horab, by the way of the Mount Seir, to Kadesh Barnea. And it came to be, in the fortieth year, in the eleventh month, on the first day of the month, that Moshe spoke to the children of Israel according to all that Jehovah had commanded him concerning them. And after he had smitten Sihon, sovereign of the Amorites, who dwelt in Hashbon, and Og, sovereign of Bashan, who dwelt in Asheroth, Adriye, beyond the Yard and in the land of Moab, Moshe undertook to declare this Torah, saying, Jehovah our Elohim spake to us in Horab, saying, You have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and depart on your way and go into the mountains of the Amorites and all the neighboring places in the desert plain, in the mountains and in the low country, and in the Gev, and on the sea coast to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Parath. See, I have put you, I have put the land before you, Go in and possess the land which Jehovah swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Yishak, and to Yaakov, to give to them and their seed after them. And I spoke to you at that time, saying, I am unable to bear you by myself. Jehovah, your Elohim, has increased you, and see, you are today as numerous as the stars of the Shemayim. Jehovah Elohim of your fathers is going to add to you a thousand times more than you are and bless you as he has spoken to you. How do I bear your pressure and your burdens and your strife by myself? Choose men wise and understanding and known to your tribes and let me appoint them as your heads. And you answered me and said, The word which you have spoken to us is good. I took the heads of your tribes, wise men, and known, and made them heads over you, leaders of thousands, and leaders of hundreds, and leaders of fifties, and leaders of tens, and officers for your tribes. And I commanded your judges at that time, saying, When hearing between your brothers, judge righteously between a man and his brother, or a stranger who is with them. Do not show partiality and right ruling. Hear the small as well as the great. Do not be afraid of anyone's face, for the right ruling belongs to Elohim. In the case which is too hard for you, bring it to me, and I shall hear it. And I commanded you at that time all the words which you should do. Then we departed from Harab, and went through all that great and awesome wilderness which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as Jehovah your Elohim had commanded us. And we came to Kadash Barnea. And I said to you, You have come to the mountains of the Amorites, which Jehovah our Elohim is giving us. See, Jehovah your Elohim has put the land before you. Go up and possess it. As Jehovah Elohim of your fathers has spoken to you, do not fear nor be discouraged. And all of you came near to me and said, Let us send men before us, and let them search out the land for us, and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up, and of the cities into which we should come. And the matter was good in my eyes, so I took twelve of your men, one man from each tribe. And they turned, and they went up into the mountains, and came to the Wadi Ashkol, and spied it out. 
And he took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us, saying, The lamb which Jehovah our Elohim is giving us is good. But you would not go up, and rebelled against the word of Jehovah your Elohim, and grumbled in your tents, and said, Because Jehovah was hating us, he has brought us out in the land of Egypt to give us to the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where are we going to? Our brothers have made our hearts melt, saying the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and walled up to the Shemayim. And we saw the sons of Anakim there too. And then I said to you, have no dread or fear of them. Jehovah, your Elohim, who is going before you, he fights for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. And in the wilderness where you saw how Jehovah, your Elohim, has borne you, as a man bears his son all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet, in this matter, you are putting no trust in Jehovah, your Elohim, who is going before you in the way to seek out a place for you to pitch your tents, to show you the way you should go in fire by night and a cloud by day. Jehovah heard the voice of your words and was wroth and took an oath, saying, Not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He shall see it. And to him and his children I give the land which he walked, because he followed Jehovah completely. And Jehovah was enraged with me for your sake, saying, You do not go in there either. Please note, I don't know if you caught that. What did Moshe just say? He just said that the reason he can't go into the land is because of them. And Jehovah was enraged with me for your sake, saying, You do not go in there either. Now, this is very peculiar. Very interesting. If you remember, back in the book of Numbers, the issue was that Moses didn't obey God. He struck the rock when he wasn't supposed to, to to bring forth water. Like He didn't obey the command clearly that God gave him. And as a result of that, it said that he couldn't enter the land, right? So if we go to Numbers 20, verse 10, it says, And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Here now, you rebels, must we fetch water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, and he said this, Because ye believed me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel." Therefore you shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. But here, in the book of Deuteronomy, as Moses is recounting everything that's happened, he tells them, your disobedience. Their disobedience to what? We're specifically talking about how they went to spy out the land came back with an evil report, refused to go up, and Moses is saying, because of you and your disobedience, I'm not allowed to enter either. So it, it raises the question, 
So which is it? Something interesting also about this whole thing. First of all, both times, whether we're looking at this ver- this time or the previous time, the Israelites are murmuring, complaining, refusing to do what God says. And then Moses, in frustration, hits the rock a couple of times instead of, you know, I believe God told him to speak to it if I'm remembering it correctly. The interesting thing I wanted to note is at no point, and if I'm missing something, let me know, but at no point does God command Moses to send out spies, does he? Whose idea is it? They come to Moses, according to what we're reading right now, say, let's send out spies to go see the land first. And Moses says, that sounds good. Let's do that. And then as a result, the spies come back and they have an evil report and all of that. I don't know if any of that has to do with it. And as you know, I typically like to raise more questions than I answer because it forces us to think and to dig and to study God's word. But in this instance, Moses is recounting that story and how God was wroth with them. And he says, the only people going in is Caleb. The rest of you are going to die in the wilderness. Go back to verse 37. Let's start with 36. Except Caleb, son of Jephunneh, he shall see it, and to him and his children I give the land on which he walked, because he followed Jehovah completely. And Jehovah was enraged with me for your sakes, saying, You do not go in there either. It's almost like Moses feels like he's being held accountable as the leader. You know, the Bible warns us that there shouldn't be many of us that become teachers because it comes with greater risk, greater expectation, greater punishment. If you, the Apostle Paul warns about this. Moses seems to be under the impression that because of their disobedience, he himself is also not able to enter into the land. Very interesting. Let's continue on. I'll read verse 37 one more time and then keep moving forward here. And Jehovah was enraged with me for your sake, saying, You do not go in there either. Yahushua, son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go in there. Strengthen in him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit. And your little ones and your children, who you say are for a prey, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they are going in there, and to them I give it, and they are to possess it. Please note, I'll try not to take much time with this. A, a point I've made over the years, and I just use us as I just use our own lives as an example. God is saying, Your children are going to enter into the land, they're innocent. They have no knowledge of good and evil. What is he talking about? Because we're all born with that innate sinful nature, right? But he's talking about their perception, their knowledge of good and evil. It would be like if there was a great exodus out of the United States today. God gets all the all of his people and he sends an angel or something and he, and he takes us out, okay? And we let's say we wander into a wilderness somewhere. Those of us who have grew up in the United States 
just like the Israelites, we'd be longing for the comforts of the United States. We would quickly forget about how they uh, poison the ground, poison the air, take 50% of our money through just incredible taxation, um, you know, uh, force us to work 40 hours a week to feed the beast and <laughs> all the things. We'd forget about that. And what we would be doing after a couple of months is we'd be like, we'd be longing for the comforts of America, right? Oh, remember when, when we could just go home, we could sit on the couch and watch Netflix. We could go golfing. We could, right? We had food endlessly, even though it's poison. We had food endless access to junk food and wine. and But any children that we would bear in the wilderness, all of what they would know is the wilderness and the providing provisions of God. That's the only thing they would know. They would have no knowledge. They would have no, they would not be tainted because they didn't grow up in this. They would have only grew up in the wilderness seeing God provide manna from the sky, seeing the cloud and the fire and hearing the thunder and the the voice of God on the mount and all of these things, right? Like that's all they would know is the Lord and the Lord providing. That's the difference between the children here and the people who are going to die in the wilderness. They couldn't get Egypt out of their system. And I would say, do not be down on them because I guarantee you it'd be the same issue with us. We would not be able to get Babylon out of our system. Just something interesting to think about. All right, I'm falling way behind. Let's just get to the story and read it. And your little ones and your children, who you say are for a prey, who today have no knowledge of good and evil, they are going in there. And to them I give it, and they are to possess it. But you, turn and take your journey into the wilderness by the way of the Sea of Reeds. And then you answered and said to me, We have sinned against Jehovah. We ourselves are going up, and we shall fight as Jehovah our Elohim commanded us. And when each one of you had girded on his battle gear, you were ready to go up into the mountain. And Jehovah said to me, Say to them, Do not go up nor fight, for I am not in your midst, lest you be smitten before your enemies. So I spoke to you, but you would not listen, and rebelled against the word of Jehovah, and acted proudly, and went up into the mountain. Then the Amorites who dwelt in the mountain came out against you, and chased you as bees do, and beat you back to Seir Hormah. And you returned and wept before Jehovah, but Jehovah would not listen to your voice, nor give ear to you. So you dwelt in Kadesh many days, according to the days that you dwelt. Chapter 2 then we turned and departed into the wilderness, the way of the Sea of Reeds, as Jehovah spoke to me, and we went around Mount Seir many days. And Jehovah spoke to me, saying, You have gone around this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And commanded the people, saying, You are about to pass over the border of your brothers and the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir, and they are afraid of you, so be on your guard. Do not strife with them. For I do not give you any of their land, no, not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. What food you buy from them, what silver you shall eat, and also what water you buy from them, with silver you shall drink. 
For Jehovah your Elohim has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He has known your wandering through this great wilderness. These forty years Jehovah your Elohim has been with you. You have not lacked any matter. And when we pass beyond our brothers, the descendants of Esau who dwelt in Seir, away from the way of the desert plain, away from Elath and Etzion Geber, we turned and passed over by the way of the wilderness of Moab. And Jehovah said to me, Do not distress Moab, nor stir yourself up against them in battle, for I do not give you any of their land as a possession, because I have given Ar to the descendants of Lot as a possession. The Emonites had dwelt there formerly, a people as great and numerous and tall as the Anakim. They were also reckoned as Rephalite, Rephatites, like the Anakim. But the Moabites called, they, called them Aamites, and the Heberites formerly dwelt in Seir, but the descendants of Esau disposed them and destroyed them from before them, and dwelt in their place as Yisrael did to the land their possession which Jehovah gave them. Now rise up and pass over the wadi Zered. So he passed over the wadi Zered. And the time we took to come from Kadesh Barnea until we passed over wadi Zered was thirty-eight years. Until all the generation of the men of battle was consumed from the midst of the camp as Jehovah had sworn to them. And also the hand of Jehovah was against them to destroy them from the midst of the camp until they were consumed. And it came to be when all the men of battle had finally perished from among the people that Jehovah spoke to me, saying, This day you are to pass over at Ar, the boundary of Moab. And when you come near to the children of Ammon, do not distress them nor stir yourself up against them, for I do not give you any of the land of the children of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. That also reckoned as a land of the Rephaites. The Rephatites formerly dwelt there, but the Amorites called them Zamzumim, a people as great and numerous and tall as Anakim. But Jehovah destroyed them from before them, and they disposed them and dwelt in their place, as he had done for the descendants of Esau who dwelt in Sierra, and he destroyed the, the Horaites from before them. They possessed them and dwelt in their place, even to this day. And the Awim who dwelt in villages as far as Aza, to Capthorim, who came from Capthor, destroyed them, and dwelt in their place. Arise, depart, and pass over the Wadi Arnon. See, I have given into your hand Sahan, the Amorite, sovereign of Heshbon, and his land. Begin to possess it, and stir up yourself against him in battle. This day I begin to put the dread and fear of you upon the peoples under all the Shemayim, that is to say heavens, who when they hear the report of you shall tremble and shake because of you. Then I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kadarmath to Sahan, sovereign of Heshbron, with words of peace, saying, Let me pass over through your land on the highway. I shall go on the highway and turn neither to the right nor to the left. What food you sell me for silver I shall eat, and what water you give me for silver I shall drink. Only let me pass over on foot. And the descendants of Esau who dwelt in Seir and the Moabites who dwelt in Ar did for me, until I pass over the yard into the land that Jehovah our Elohim is giving us. But Sahan, sovereign of Heshbron, would not let us pass over. 
For Jehovah your Elohim hardened his spirit and strengthened his heart to give him into your hand, as it is this day. And Jehovah said to me, See, I have begun to give Schan and this land over to you. Begin to possess it in order to possess his land. And Sahan and all his people came out against us to fight at Jahatz. And Jehovah our Elohim gave him over to us. So we smote him and his sons and all the people. We took all the cities at that time, and we put the men, women, and little ones, every city under the ban. We left none remaining. Only the livestock we took as plunder for ourselves and the spoiled cities which we captured. From Arir, which is on the edge of the Wadi Arnan, and the city of by the Wadi, as far as Gilad, there was not one city too high for us. Jehovah our Elohim gave all to us. Only you did not go near the land of the children of Ammon, anywhere along the Wadi, Yaakob, to the cities, to the mountains, and whatever Jehovah our Elohim has commanded us. Chapter 3, 22 more verses. Then we turned and we went up the way of Bashan. And Og, sovereign of Bashan, came out against us and all his people to battle at Edri. And Jehovah said to me, Do not fear him, for I have given him and all his people and his land into your hand. You shall do to him as you did to Sahan, sovereigns of the Amorites who dwelt in Hashban. So Jehovah our Elohim also gave into our hands Og, sovereign of Bashan, with all his people. And we smote him until he had no survivors remaining. And we captured all the cities at that time. There was not a city which we did not take from them. Sixty cities. All the district of Argob, the reign of Og in Bashan. All these cities were fenced with high walls, gates, and bars, besides a great many unwalled towns. We put them under a ban, as we did in Sahan, sovereign of Heshbon, putting the men, the women, and the children, and every city under ban. But all the livestock and the spoil of the cities we took as a booty for ourselves. And at that time we took the land from the hand of the two sovereigns of the Amorites that was beyond the Yarden, from the Wadi Arnon, to Mount Harman. Sidonians called Harman Sirion, and the Amorites called it Sinur. All the cities of the plain, all of Gilead and Bashan, as far as Salkah and Edri, cities of the reign of Og and Bashan. For only Og, sovereign of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephites. See, his bedstead was an iron bedstead, is it not in Rabbah, of the children of Amman? Nine Amma is its length, and four Amma its width, according to the Amma of a man. Please note, as you can probably tell, uh, want, they want to make sure that you understand that Og is a giant, right? Like, it's been pretty clear as we've been reading, because Moses went over. Remember, there are these great, tall people, but in spite of their size, we took them down. Now it's, it wants you to make sure that you understand the King Og was a Nephilim. He was a giant. And they're, you know, they're giving you the length of his bed and all of that. So that you can't mistake this fact. Verse 12. And this land which we possessed at that time from Arur, which is by the Wadi Arnon, and half the mountains of Gilead and its cities... 
I gave to the Rebunites and the Gidites, and the rest of the uh, rest of Gilad and all of Bashan, the reign of Og. I gave to half the tribe of Manasseh and all the district of Argob, with all Bashan called the land of the Rephaites. Ya'ur, son of Manasseh, had taken all the district of Argob, as far as the border of the Gishrites and the Makalahites, and called them after his own name, Habashan, Hawath, Ya'ir, to this day. And to Makur I gave Gilead, and to the Reubenites and the Gidites I gave from Gilead as far as the Wadi Arnon, to the middle of the Wadi as the border, as far as the Wadi Yabgob, Yabok, the border of the children of Ammon, and the desert plain, with the Arden as the border, from Kirath all as far as the Sea of Areba, the Salt Sea, below the slopes of Pishgah on the east. And I commanded you at that time, saying, Jehovah, your Elohim has given you this land to possess. All you sons of might pass over armed before your brothers, the children of Israel. But let your wives and your little ones and your livestock, I know that you have much livestock, stay in your cities which I have given you, until Jehovah has given rest to your brothers as to you. And they also possess the land which Jehovah your Elohim is giving them beyond Yarden. Then you shall return each man to his possession which I have given you. And I commanded Yahushua, let us say Joshua, at that time saying, Your eyes have seen all that Jehovah your Elohim has done to these two sovereigns. Jehovah does the same to all the reigns which you are passing over. Do not fear them, for Jehovah your Elohim himself fights for you. And that, my friends, is the end of Parsha Devarim. I pray that it's uh, been a blessing to you this morning. And I pray that this podcast continues to be a blessing to you as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast, those of you who do. Thank you to those of you who pray for the podcast and for my family. It's all far beyond what I deserve. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.